0: T-Wolves cruise past Milwaukee 129-105. I got the expert with us, Jack Borman. He's going to help us break it all down. And it's all coming up next on the Locked On Wolves Postcast.
1: You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up? What's up? Back in the lab, back at it. Another T-Wolves postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Jack Borman. He's on Twitter, at junior Borman13. And Jack, before we jump into all the action, quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockdownNBA and use code all lowercase NBA for a first deposit match. Up to $100. All right, man. What a what a difference a game makes, huh? I mean, here's what I've learned following this team all year like I have. And, and maybe you could have warned me about this, but the highs are never as good as you think they are. And the lows probably is never as bad as it feels in the moment. And such a long season. It's a grind. It's a gauntlet. Sometimes all it takes, though, is like one game to get your bearings back on track and find some rhythm, some confidence, some swag, some mojo. Call it what you will. But hopefully... That's what happened tonight. Wolves cruise past Milwaukee 129-105. They moved to 36-15 and on the year. No Damian Lillard. I mean, it can't be overstated enough. But, you know, we haven't seen a game like this start to finish from the Wolves in what feels like at least a couple weeks here now where they looked in control in every phase for nearly all four quarters. The defense lights out on Giannis. Want to get to that here in a second. The shooting. Cash money, 56% from the floor, 51% from three, and like you told me right before we hopped on, a new season high in assist-to-turnover ratio, which just tells you, I mean, how they were playing some team basketball tonight. Kick us off, though. What's the big takeaways? And and big picture, I always ask you this, but how important was it, after those two gut-punch losses to Orlando and Chicago, to come out here with a big statement win on the road like they did?
1: Yeah, I think it was really important. Right. Um, You know, this is the third game in a row that the Timberwolves have had a lead of at least 20 points. So nice of them to nice of them to see uh, see the Wolves close another one out tonight. Um, But, yeah, I think the you know, it's got to be a big morale boost knowing you've got Monte Morris coming. um, No question about it. Um, And we'll get to Kyle Anderson later. But, you know, no doubt that he was feeling better uh, after that trade deadline pass and he was still on the team but for the wolves uh it starts with their offense right you know i think the, the fact that they had over 100 points after the third quarter was phenomenal um and their defense was was tremendous as well but this was a game in my opinion that they won with their offense at an offensive rating of 145 uh that is their highest in a game previous high was 132 Wow. Um, so so, so best offensive by... rating of the
0: year, period. Point blank.
1: Yeah. So for, wow. for context, the highest team offensive rating um on the season is the Clippers at 122. So they cleared that by
0: so are by you telling me the big... Wolves just put up the best offensive rating of any team all year long? Tonight? No, 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 no.
1: Just just their own their own offensive rating. Oh, I see. Um, okay. This yep. season. So um, but well beyond what you know the best team in the league averages. Um you know, over the course of the season, um, they did a great job of passing out of pick and roll. Um, you know, you talked about it, They had an assist to turnover ratio, of 4.25, that was the highest of this season. Previous high was 3.71, um, against Washington a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, 19 assists and just one turnover when they, when they really extended that game, uh, open in the in the second and third quarters which was tremendous they were 19 of 36 and from three in the pre-garbage time minutes um and i thought that they did a really good job anthony edwards specifically this this was probably his best playmaking game of the season nine assists zero turnovers um he was phenomenal at drawing the defense in and kicking out to shooters um you know he set a tone early probably created four or five really wide open shots uh, from beyond the arc in that first quarter which was uh paramount to get him off on the right foot especially after a second half uh in chicago and over time that he really struggled uh, as a playmaker so it was great to see him bounce right back with a really important performance there um you know i i just thought that he was he was tremendous right you would have liked to see him i think get get to the that third level uh get to the get to the rim a little bit more scoring wise offensively i think he probably could have had 30 35 points had he done that. Um, he took a lot of shots from the mid range tonight um, and, and made a good number of them, but uh, you know, there, there's some meat on the bone there, but as a playmaker, he was, he was phenomenal below the arc and um, in, in making things happen, setting up open shots, probably had 14, 15 potential assists. So, sh- you know, had those shots gone down, they would have been assists, um, which also counts as nine assists. So uh, just a phenomenal night from, from Ant and, um, and, and yeah, I think the other, the other big one for me is, is, uh, you know the, the Rudy Gobert factor was was pretty massive tonight. Um, you know, for him to, you know, put up 16 points, eight of nine shooting, eleven rebounds, four assists, was just a monster at the rim, uh, and created just a ton of points with screens. I, I think Mike Conley's first five threes all came off of two-man action with Rudy Gobert, which was you know something I highlighted in the preview over at Canis was something that uh, the Wolves were going to need to do against his super deep drop coverage and, and how poor the, the Bucks perimeter defense has been all season. Um, they've given up the second most unassisted two-point baskets, so I thought it could have been an you know, opportunity for him to get into that floater range, but but that's why you saw Ant really get to work in the mid-range, because that's uh, where this Bucks defense has been really susceptible. Um, but but for Rudy to do that, uh, create a bunch of points with with his with his screening, uh, but also to have four assists, I thought was was pretty important. And he flashed some things too on the on the offensive end. Had some nice footwork and finishes inside. Uh, had some pretty emphatic dunks and pretty athletic finishes. <laughs> Dude, team.
0: I rewound that dunk. In the third <laughs> quarter, seven times. No, no exaggeration, seven awesome. times. The little the little swag, the little flex at the end. I love it. Just hilarious,
1: man. I love every bit of it. It's a vibe, um, maybe. And then defensively, the Bucks only shot sixty-two percent at the rim, and, and the Bucks are a tremendous shooting team at the rim. So to hold them to sixty-two percent uh is a job well done. Um, and they didn't really get to the rim all that often, uh, which was which was pretty important. They only took 24 shots at the rim. That's, that's pretty low for them as, as a whole um, you know, overall this season. And uh, I just thought Rudy said a phenomenal tone and, and we can get into a couple more things. The only other yeah. things I really want to get into from this game are the bench and then, and then some of the, the defensive aspects of this one, but, but hard not to be pretty fired up about this win, you know, even though the, the Bucks didn't have Chris Middleton, they didn't have Damian Lillard. They didn't have yep. campaign. Who's their backup point guard that kind of showed tonight, but, um, but nonetheless, you still got to come out and win the game. And that's exactly what the Timberwolves did. And they, uh, they did it pretty emphatically.
0: Uh, this is a little tongue in cheek, but I'm also, I'm half serious when I say this. I mean, we've seen them build these big leads and then the wheels fall off in the second half so many times this year tonight, though, they did something different. They haven't done all year. And that was, they warmed up away from their bench on the other side of the court, which means in the second half, they got to score in front of their own bench instead of shooting in front of the opposing team's bench. Am I half joking? Yes, sure, but <laughs> hey, dude, the switch worked, and now it's Anything, like hey, hey, it's the game within the games, baby. Right, the little mind games. Now, now, I mean, you got to assume they're going to roll with it, you know, at least for a while now until maybe they start. Losing hey, again. they've but got hey, a few more games know. on
1: the road. They've got three more games on the road That's to close right. out the to close out the uh, the the pre
0: All Star break portion of the season so, so yeah we'll see yeah all west coast games too which we'll talk about a little bit here uh, a couple late games coming up including the clippers on monday night 9 30 tip off for that one um definitely want to deep dive on the offense tonight you already touched on a lot of great bullet points but uh, i i think we should start with the defense and again i know you touched on that already but every time Giannis touched the ball top of the key you saw three white jerseys build that wall right in front of the paint and just make life miserable for them. And I know that's the game plan, and it's like every team's got the same game plan against them. Easier said than done, though. It's Giannis. But his over-under point total tonight was 35 and, a half. and I know they pulled him a little early, but he ends with 17 points, less than half his expected points. Talk to me a little bit more in depth as far as, you know, this defense led by Rudy per usual. You mentioned it. No Lillard no Middleton, but still solid performance by everyone, right? Like who else stuck out on that end to you?
1: Yeah. I thought Slomo was tremendous as well. He uses length really well, yeah. got his hands on some passes. Um, and, and this is a scenario where, you know, the wolves just having a, a stable of bodies to be able to throw at, at huge opposing superstar players is really, really, really important. And, there's another one. Don't sleep on the fat boy. Uh, that's what he calls himself out in Denver um, that, uh, that the wolves are going to have to contend with if they want to make it out of the Western conference or, you know, make it out of the second round of the Western conference potentially. Um, and so it was, it was a great opportunity for the wolves to just throw a bunch of different things at um, you know, at Giannis, but I thought they, they built the wall really, really well. Jade McDaniels was tremendous as the, as the kind of the, tip of the iceberg there. And then Carl Anthony Towns had some really good reps uh, standing up Giannis on the drive, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Um, and then Rudy Gobert, just the angles at which he tries to contest shots is is just incredible from a standstill against a guy flying right at him. Um, and the way that he's able to, to contest as many shots as he's able to without fouling is is magnificent. So when you have the combination of of length on the perimeter with Jaden and Salomo, a guy who can stand him up in Carl Anthony Towns or Nas Reed and then a and then a true rim protector and Gobert uh is just you know everything you need to try to slow down Giannis and for him to have 17 points on 14 shots. I think 17 points is the fourth fewest in a game uh this season for Giannis. It's just the fifth time Giannis has been held under 20 points in a game wow. this season. Um, so for the Wolves to be able to do that, uh, you know, pretty remarkable. And and in three of those, you know, four earlier this season, they were in blowout, you know blowout wins for the most part um the only other team to do it is toronto in a win and so they kind of have a similar makeup or at least back back in the early part of the season they did with a bunch of long you know rangy strong defenders that you can throw at Giannis. so that's kind of the blueprint and, and so the wolves had it tonight um and then the other point which was huge was they allowed seven offensive rebounds and 14 second chance points in the first half Really tighten that up in the second half. Only three offensive rebounds, and just one second chance point allowed, uh, which was really important. So all those big guys did a great job of rebounding. Um, and then you also see um, Mike Conley had five rebounds. and had twelve rebounds the other night. Had only had three tonight, but um, it was really just a team effort when you look down. I mean, everybody that played tonight had at least three rebounds. Um, you know, played rotation minutes, which is pretty important. Um, so, you know, you just gotta, gotta tip your cap to the wolves for the way that they were able to, uh, um, to win by, by eight on the glass against a very good rebounding team. And and they probably would have won by more, but, but the wolves turned the bucks over 13 times. So that was Mm -hmm. part of the reason why you didn't, um, didn't see more. So uh, really, really phenomenal job for the Wolves to, to also only hold the the Bucks to 16 free throws, um, yeah. considering that Giannis in the last two games against the Timberwolves had 20 and 21 free throws respectively. Wow! Um, wow! So, um, and I think he averaged like 37 and a half points in the teams, uh, or the two teams' meetings last year. So, uh, really big improvement for the Wolves. Um, just a phenomenal defensive game, and um, and one that that should certainly be encouraging when you think about. Um, you know, the way that they're going to have to match up against some, some pretty, pretty big players out West. When you, when you think about guys like, uh, Luca LeBron, AD, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Paul George, guys like that, that, that you're really going to have to, um, you know, rely on all three
0: levels of your defense. Uh, Flip over to the offense here. I mean, dude, where do you want to start, man? Usually you can cherry pick some stuff. But, yeah, okay. Well, let me just lay it out like you kind of already touched on. But, again, lights out shooting. You mentioned the offensive rating. That was lights out, 145. Season high assist to turnover ratio you mentioned. You wrote down in your notes, I just looked at this, second and third quarter, 19 to 1 assist-to-turnover ratio, unbelievable, and maybe his best assist game tonight, which speaks volumes. Uh, Bench, though, you mentioned it, 42 points, slow-mo. Statement game, this is why you don't trade me, Tim, pointing up to the uh, press box up there, the front office box up there. Nas was 16. Uh, You can take it any direction you want, but for a team that struggled so much with turnovers and sloppy play, tonight, man, huge statement game just for their psyche and confidence, I would think.
1: Yeah, no question. I mean, 19 to one in two quarters, they scored 72 points in those two quarters. So that should really come at no surprise. Um, for me, what was really pleasant was that Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards combined for one turnover. That's, that's the story of the game yeah. right there. I mean, keel had three of them, right? And so it's, it's pretty rare. Or excuse me. Kyle Anderson had three of them, um, you know, and, and, you know, I don't even think many of them were, were bad turnovers um, either necessarily. Um, so, it's it's really refreshing to see that from a team, and, and now they're going to get reinforcements, right? Um, we'll, we'll talk about Monte Morris and what he brings um, in just a couple of minutes, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just with the bench, 42 points from the bench. Kyle Anderson had one of his better games of the season, certainly the best game we've seen from him in in a while. With uh, eight points on three of three shooting, uh, he had six assists, five rebounds, two steals. Uh, so just kind of did everything. Played really within himself. You do have to wonder. Um, Is he feeling more at ease now that the trade deadline has come and gone, uh, that this team believes in him, that this team wants him uh, around for the rest of this season? And I know people will roll their eyes and say, oh, well, you know, I would have wanted Royce O'Neal. Well, guess what? Royce O'Neal went for three second round picks and the Wolves weren't going to give up three of the four second round picks that they had left to trade. Um, Actually, I think they only had three second round picks left to trade because one of them is tied up in a protection uh, with Utah um, God, so okay. you would have had to completely wipe your cupboard bare just for a marginal upgrade on the offensive end of the floor. Kyle Anderson's a better defender than Royce O'Neal is. Um, and tonight, you know, he kind of showed that too on the defensive end, like we talked about. But then Nas Reed, 16 points on 11 shots. Uh, pretty efficient night from him. Had some had some awesome highlights uh, and, yeah, and really did. got himself going. I think he started one of four or one of five from the floor. Um, and then the second half was... Uh, was much more efficient for Nas, which was, uh, you know, exactly what you want to see. He was two of two in the third quarter for seven points. And then in the fourth quarter was two of three for for four points. So uh was, was really important them kind of blowing the game open. Um, and then Nikhil, right? Seven points, four assists, um, you know, pretty efficient game from him uh, as well on the offensive end of the floor. What I really appreciated about about the three-pointer that he did make was it came on the possession immediately after he airballed a three. Um, and so – uh, love to see him just kind of have that that shooter's mindset of, of just having a short-term memory and and being ready to to let it rip on the next possession which was which was great but but i i was just most pleased with the way that the ball moved right like a lot of people Absolutely. would think that when you run more pick and roll like the wolves ran tonight that the ball would get stickier but that's not what happened the wolves did a great job of kicking it to the corner and then swinging it around the perimeter making a ton of extra passes um i don't know off the top of my head i mean how many how many corner threes did the Wolves make? I mean, the Wolves shot nine corner threes, which is a good amount for them. Hmm. Uh, they only made three of them, but the fact that they created nine of them is pretty good for them uh, with how many extra passes they made. Um, that's kind of a good barometer for their ball movement. So you'd like to see them make more of those. I think Carl Anthony Towns made two corner threes, which is obviously a, a good development that he's in the corner and willing to shoot them, especially with the starting five. So yeah, I know lot, Jaden had at
0: least one. At least one. Yeah,
1: I think he had the other one. Yeah. Um, so a lot to like from this Wolves offense tonight, uh, especially from the bench uh, after, you know, they've kind of struggled and, and now we we'll, we can kind of get into it with with Monte Morris, but they're going to get, you know, another pretty consistent, um, you know, score and playmaker off the bench.
0: Yeah, perfect segue. Plenty more Wolves deep dive, including Tim Conley's big trade deadline deal. That's all coming up right after this. Tonight's postcast brought to us by our friends at Prize Picks. Guys, Prize Picks, it's without a doubt the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy because you can win up to 100 times your money this basketball season. That means with as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into a thousand dollars and it's so easy to play i I mean i can make my picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds this week i've pretty much rolled with anthony edwards and carl anthony towns before every game and i've cashed in more nights than not plus Prize Picks now offers apple pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all season long and with the Price Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I love that. That's huge. That makes PrizePix the only daily fantasy platform around that offers you extra injury insurance to give you that extra peace of mind. Right now, go to prizepix.com slash Use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's promo code. Locked on NBA at pricepicks.com slash NBA for a hundred percent bonus match up to one hundred dollars. Okay. Trade deadline came and went. Maybe a little less fireworks than some were expecting or hoping for, but nonetheless, Tim Conley makes a splash in the kiddie pool before it's all said and done. Troy Brown Jr., Shake Milton, they're headed to Detroit. For Monte Morris, who you mentioned, uh, is already, you told me before the show, going to fit in here seamlessly. Iowa State boy, coached by Fred Hoiberg, drafted originally by Tim Conley, outstanding ball security, assist to turnover ratios, rock solid. Maybe most importantly, can shoot the three, give him a little pop off the bench, and gives Mike Conley a better chance to take a few nights off and stay rested up. So how much do we like the move as a whole when you think about you know, who they got, and what they had to give up and how much does this, I mean, rotation change at all moving forward? What's it all look like now?
1: Yeah, I really liked this move, uh, from the Timberwolves. Um, so just right off the top, you know, a lot of fans would think, you know, myself included would think that, you know, a backup point guard wasn't, uh, the chief priority, but, um, you know, it clearly was based on, uh, Chris Finch's comments post game, um, based on, excuse me, uh, based on, uh, what uh, the Wolves have kind of been talking about, um, you know, with with Mike Conley and trying to uh, be careful with him. They have 31 games to go, or 30 games to go now. Eight of them are uh, second half of back-to-backs, which is tied for the most in the league. So uh, they're going to want to keep Mike Conley fresh. Uh, but but like you said, with Monte Morris, he can space the floor. He shot at least 37.8% from three in each of the last five seasons. Uh, he is ranked near the top of the league in assisted turnover ratio every single year since entering the league. Uh, if it weren't for a guy named Tyus Jones, he would hold the NBA single season record for wow. highest assist to turnover ratio wow. uh, that year that Tyus broke it. He and Monte both would have br- or both broke the, they the both previous broke it record. in the
0: same year. I got you. Yeah.
1: But Tyus's was higher um, and he's played in 48 career playoff games, which I'm pretty sure is higher than just about every single Timberwolf player, not named wow. like Kyle Anderson, Mike Conley, uh, Rudy That's Gobert. Huge. Um, which is really, really important. Was Um, it more than like a Troy Brown? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, And and maybe not as many as Shake Milton, honestly, but um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. Um, Nonetheless, though, yeah. Nonetheless, uh, the only thing that you worry about a little bit with Monte is, um, you know, is he going to shoot enough threes for the spacing to really improve all that much? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know that... Defenses are going to guard him a whole lot differently than they're going to guard Nikhil Alexander Walker or Jordan McLaughlin. Uh, But nonetheless, if he does shoot those shots more, uh, I think that'll be really important for the Wolves. He's a really efficient shooter uh, at all three levels of the defense. So he's going to be a guy that can come around Rudy Gobert screens um, and make defenses pay for playing in deep drop coverage, which is going to be really important. Um, And and he has a really good sense of how to draw in a defense defense uh and kick the ball out to the corners he's played with a lot of really strong corner shooters um throughout the years and has done a great job of creating three-point uh baskets uh which is which is obviously something that that you want to see for a wolves team that really needs to increase their three-point volume but honestly where i'm most excited about monte morris outside of being able to start for mike conley in games where uh, they're going to be resting mike or or let's say you want to try to keep mike to 20 minutes or something like that um, kind of a rest game within a game is that Morris is a is a really consistent scorer. Um, he's a guy that really plays within himself, but is a guy that is going to consistently get you eight, nine, 10, 12, 14 points a game off the bench. And that's something that the Wolves need. It's not something that you could really, uh, you know, kind of pretty consistently rely upon with guys like Nikhil and Jordan McLaughlin. He's immediately going to be, in my mind, the number two score off the bench behind Nas Reed, uh, depending on what the Timberwolves do in the buyout market. That's something that we'll get into a little bit in a moment. Um, but he, he's a he's a veteran presence. He's been a really beloved teammate pretty much everywhere he's been. Uh, he's played with a lot of really high level players. He knows Tim Connolly extremely well. Uh, Tim Connolly drafted him uh, when Connolly was the executive in Denver, and he played his first what five or six seasons in Denver, all of them while Connolly was there. Um, and and obviously has a great familiarity with with this Timberwolves uh, squad with how much he's played them over the last couple of seasons. Um, and, and what I really appreciate about this is that, um, you know, depending on how the Timberwolves may you know, change the complexion of this team, um, you know, in the offseason there's a chance that he may want to resign here and take a little bit of a discount to play and run it back with the Timberwolves. If, uh, if he feels really strongly about, uh, you know, what they're able to do over the the rest of the season. Um, you know, the big question mark with, with Morris, um, you know, beyond some of his three point shooting volume is, is some of his defense. He's about the same size as Mike Conley. So he's six, two, um, you know, doesn't necessarily have a a wingspan, um, you know, that'll, that'll really, you know, stick out to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, is a guy that I'd say is a, is a, a really smart team defender, is a good, good off the ball defender, isn't a guy that you have to worry about getting lost or falling asleep when he's when he's chasing around a shooter. Um, you know, a lot of the same things that you see with Mike uh, is, is good at drawing uh, moving screens, which is important as well. So uh, really, really like the pickup and the fact that they only give up one second round pick, considering, um, you know, how many deals you saw today where teams were giving up two, three second round picks for, for really solid veterans is important. Um, and, and part of that might just be because uh, Monte Morris has only played in six games this season. He missed the first 43 games of the season for Detroit with a, a right quadricep strain. Um, you'd have to imagine that he he didn't rush that at all, considering how bad the Pistons have been and that they didn't really need him and that he was very clearly going to be a guy that they were going to trade or buy out um, at this point in the season. And so his, his numbers don't really look pretty since he's returned. But I think you just got to give him some runway. Um, coming off that injury, he's been extremely consistent uh, throughout his career. He, you know, I don't think that a right quadricep strain, you know, missing three months or whatever, you know, again, partially because of how bad the Pistons were. I think he probably could have come back sooner than that uh, if it was a team that was winning. But um, you, know, you, you just kind of got to see how he's going to return from that. Um, you know, he, he's been struggling a little bit, I guess, offensively since he came back but but again he's just got to get into shape and and once he does that they'll be fine and and the good thing is you know the Timberwolves are in a space right now where they've been pretty much been playing an eight-man rotation mm-hmm. with with these guys um you know played pretty much eight, eight people tonight so um you know I don't think they're gonna really struggle to to onboard Monte Morris properly right he's gonna have the weekend to to kind of get to know these guys the Wolves are gonna be in Minneapolis uh, tomorrow and Saturday uh, before flying to L.A. on Sunday. So I have some time to kind of get on the floor with his new teammates and, um, you know, hopefully be out there ready to go on, on Monday night in Los Angeles.
0: Boy, plenty of times this year you wish you could just clone Mike Conley, and get two of them on the floor, <laughs> at least, you know, in the rotation. And even though, okay, that's not realistic, that's not an option. Still, the next best case scenario, it sounds like getting a mini Mike, so to speak, that offers, again, like you said, a lot of the same I, qualities I, and characteristics, which I bode well for the Bulls.
1: I wouldn't classify Tyus Jones as a backup point guard, considering what we've seen from him now. Yeah, um, Morris is the best backup point guard in the NBA. Wow.
0: Um, and so the fact that the Wolves have. So this is huge, man. Out of a uh, scale of one to 10 for the novice average basketball fan or Wolves fan, one to 10, maybe not a monster name, not a guy you're going to see on posters, right? But pretty big for this team right now, right? One to 10. How big was this? I,
1: I would say like a seven
0: or an eight. Yeah, um, it feels you know, like
1: re- it. Yeah. Reserving the nine and 10 for you know, some of the, some of the bigger things um, or multiplayer deals that you'd see like last year is probably an eight or a nine for the Timberwolves. This year is probably more of a seven or or an eight Um, just to have another steady hand, right. It's got to make, got to help Chris Finch sleep easier at night. Um, and just makes this team a little bit more dynamic offensively. And and even if that bumps you from 19th to 14th, right, that's going to be really important. And if the Timberwolves can convert or I don't know, let's say they're averaging like 15 turnovers a game, 14 turnovers a game. If they can cut that down to 11. And shoot the ball four more times considering or or get to the line four more times considering how efficient their offense has been when they've actually gotten a shot up um they could very easily jump from 19th up to 13th 12th 11th just by not turning the ball over as much so really important acquisition for the timberwolves and and they're not done either. They're they're absolutely going to be a player in the buyout market. We can get into that as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: I want to segue to that. A couple more topics I still want to hit on. So we got to go rapid fire here. But where do the wolves stand now as far, as far as the buyout, the money they have to play with, the players still in the mix, just any moves still on the horizon that could potentially get done in your estimation, or is this maybe what to expect now as far as our roster goes from here on out?
1: Yeah. So a lot of buyout guys are, you know, will find prorated veteran minimums, ex- veteran veterans minimum exceptions for the rest mm-hmm. of the season um so if the timberwolves were to sign a guy tomorrow i don't think they will but um if they were to sign a guy let's say saturday it would probably cost them around seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to have that uh player in for the rest of the season uh as it stands right now the timberwolves currently have um what is it here about 1.56 million dollars in space for okay. the luxury tax um so they certainly have plenty of space to be able to go out and sign a guy. Um, and, and to be able to offer more than the veterans minimum, honestly. So the, the Timberwolves um, have $3.4 million left over of their mid-level exception, um, which is really important because, you know, if you think about some of the other teams that are going to be playing in the buyout market, the Lakers, um, the Knicks, uh, the Pelicans, or excuse me, the Lakers-Knicks uh, are going to be right there as, as two teams that will be in the buyout market. The Wolves can offer more money than both of those teams. Um, other teams like Dallas, the Pelicans – um, the 76ers uh, can can all offer more than the Timberwolves can, but I, again, I don't think that those are teams that are gonna, you know, really be trying to spend multi-million dollars on on a buyout guy, right? That's pretty rare that you see that. But um, something to keep in mind for Wolves fans that are playing around, oh, who who are guys that the Timberwolves can go after?
0: Love that. All right, if coming they- up, we're gonna preview the Wolves and Clippers. That's on deck, and that's all coming up right after this. Quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by BetterHelp. What are some things you want to keep the same about yourself or about your life in 2024? Where are you already crushing it? Try ditching the New Year's resolutions and start expanding on what you already do right. Maybe that's organized in the closet or the garage. I know that's something that I'm terrible about. Therapy can help you find your best strengths and maximize your own specific skill set so you can finally ditch all the extreme resolutions instead therapy can help you make changes that really stick over the long term once and for all if you've been thinking about starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited for your time frame and it's so easy all you got to do Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. It's time to start celebrating the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Okay. Last one here, Clippers on deck. Big battle on the West Coast for the Western Conference. And I know of the big four here, all clumped atop this conference right now, you've been adamant for weeks now. It's actually the Clippers who scare you the most and look like maybe the most complete team right now of the bunch. Give us a quick little tease as far as what to maybe expect out of that matchup and where the Wolves need to win and kind of attack to give themselves the best chance uh, on Monday night.
1: Yeah, really quick, just to go back to the buyout thing. Oh, um, sorry,
0: go ahead. Yep. So,
1: so Golden State, the Clippers, the Suns, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nuggets, and Miami all cannot sign a buyout player who made at least twelve point five million dollars um, in their previous contract. So, um, guys that the Timberwolves could certainly be near the front of the list for, or guys like. Uh, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Evan Fournier, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Marcus Morris, Daniel House are guys that uh, are six guys that I would keep an eye on um, for for the Wolves in the buyout market. But, um, yeah, shifting back now to the Clippers, I think something that's going to be really important is just finding a way to slow down Kawhi Leonard. Uh, He's been on one of the most efficient scoring tears in the league. Um, The Clippers have been the most efficient offense in the league um, all season, and especially since uh, January 1st um and so if the wolves can replicate a performance they did in target center a couple weeks ago um and really limit uh from doing most of the damage and and having to force everyone else uh to beat them having to force james harden to be a scorer he really at this stage really just wants to be an a-plus distributor which he has been but I, i think the more that you can force him to take shots the more that you can force paul george uh, into working to get his shots um, and, and, and just getting the ball out of quiet Leonard's hands the best you can. I think that the better off the Timberwolves are going to be, but um, again, really deep team uh, in, in LA that, that cycles through a bunch of um, different big guys with Zubach and Plumley and Tice. Um, and obviously we, we all know that they have Russell Westbrook uh, waiting off the bench, which is, which is quite a, quite a good, just pace setter, tone setter um for them that can get everyone else involved so for the wolves it's just cutting off the head of the snake and uh you know hoping that you can play good enough defense on everybody else kind of like you did tonight right where you force everyone else to try to beat you didn't have enough um and and hopefully the wolves can uh can start that little three-game west coast swing uh,
0: off on the right foot which side of this prop bet are you taking the amount of times they show taylor swift at the super bowl sunday or hear me out the amount of times they showed Robin Lopez in the first row reading a book in Milwaukee tonight. How many times did they show that guy? Dude? And granted, it was I think hilarious. six times. Dude. It was hilarious, <laughs> yeah. man. I loved it. I was going nuts. Yeah, I was like, was I'm great, sorry. Man. Are we boring you here? Like two of the best teams in the NBA going at it. I'm sorry. Are we Anthony Edwards not good enough for well, you? Or what? It was
1: funny. Robin Lopez got traded. Um, yeah, yeah. Today, and he he's he's a hilarious guy. Gets in fights with opposing mascots. Kind of is a running bit. Yeah. Um, and mean, he's funny.
0: Smart dude too. Stanford. Smart. Yeah. Dude, smart guy. Both yeah. he's yep. He
1: said that he'd treasure the hour and 45 minutes that he spent with Patrick Beverly as a teammate with the Bucks, Um And that responded to him, which was pretty funny. And then he also tweeted that he hopes that the Kings fans will remember all of the contributions that he gave the Kings in the in the 30 minutes. He was a king before the Kings waved him uh, before. <laughs> that's the end great. Of the day, so that's
0: great. Yeah, funny stuff. All right. Wolves bounce back strong in Milwaukee, 129-105. Trade deadline officially in the book. Slow-mo stays. TBJ and Shake head to Detroit in exchange for Monte Morris. On the road, big West Coast trip on deck. That starts in L.A. versus the Clippers next Monday. Tip-off for that one. We got a late one here, kids, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hope you guys stay up late with us for that one. As always, huge shout-out to everyone that joined us. Always love the feedback, the comments after every game. Rest assured, we'll be back each and every game, same time, same place, right here to break it all down. Quick reminder, got to go check out all of Jack's work on Twitter. It's at junior Borman13, and make sure you check out him and the full crew on the Minnesota Basketball Party each and every Wednesday. Sam Ekstrom, Ron Johnson, Reggie Wilson from CARE 11, plus we got Ben Beacon. Ripping it up over on the Lockdown Wolves podcast. That's each and every day as well. That'll do it for us tonight. He's Jack Borman. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out.